Kyle. 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 Kenny. 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 Kyle. Kyle. All right, guys. I hope this Mm. works. Otherwise, I'm out of ideas. (laughs) Oh. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's over. Um, what happened to Kyle? I swear he was with me when you turned that thing on. Wait, can you hear that? Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, Kenny, get get in the robot. Yes, sir. Avalanche! Tetsuo! Kanida! Anita! It's over 9,000! Nani? Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. Wi-Fi. 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 Wi-Fi radio. Konnichiwa and welcome to a new episode of Kawaii-Fi Radio, the podcast where we look at the world of anime and manga. I'm your host, Kyle Kaiju, and joining me are my co-hosts, Coco and Kenny. How you doing, guys? Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. I thought hey, we hey. fixed you. Yeah, there is no fixing not. me. Apparently not. <laughs> well, as you might have guessed by the uh, intro, everything in this episode is to do with Kaijus. Mm. And if you don't get why we were talking in our names, you might want to go back and listen to episode nine because that'll explain all yeah, of that. A bit of we a do. shameless plug on the last oh, episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. there. We do this by design so that you'll go back and listen to our stuff. All of it. There's a continuing story arc. It's incredible. You'll, you'll never guess what's going to happen. Mm. But what we do want to talk about is these amazing short form animes that we've been seeing this season. And I mean... Let's start with Ao-chan. Now, I guess, quick preface, Ao-chan is not for all ages. Ao is um, a girl in, I believe, middle school? Middle? I think she's high school. High school, yes. Um, And she has been dogged her entire life leading up to now um, by her father's influence. Her father being um, an author of... The king of perverse books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably think, the best way to explain like, it. Like make out paradise times ten <laughs> like. <laughs> from the <Naruto, laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best description I, I've heard to actually describe it. Um, yeah. But the, the series revolves around this girl called Ao, yeah. and um, she wishes she... to escape this in- influence, doesn't she? she? She wants to save up money and she wants to do really well in school. That she, she wants gets her independence. A, yeah, she, she wants be independent to, of her dad. She, wanna, she wants to escape her father's influence. But of course there is a caveat to that. There is a man, a boy, a guy who likes her a rather dude. a lot. She rather cruelly calls him king of the normies. Kijima, <laughs> isn't but it? But we're still not sure if that's a translation yeah, thing. Or I, feel a, like, I feel like there might be... I'd like to know what the term is in Japanese. Um, maybe yeah. we can pick it out and see see what it actually yeah. is. Cause I wouldn't be surprised if it had entered the vernacular for geek and nerd culture. But, mm-hmm. you know. but I mean, the, despite the subject content, it's quite... I don't know, heartwarming, I find it. Yeah, because she constantly thinks that Kojima is coming on to her and he's like... Well, she has been really influenced, guys. Like, she yeah. she can't <laughs> distance herself from this perversion that her father has, you know, nonchalantly thrown out for all of her life. So she knows about stuff that... Even she probably he, shouldn't. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't know about a lot of the stuff that she's thinking of, I think. It's like, just quite hilarious. She, she's, yeah. They are just perpetually flawed characters, which we have come to love in things like Kaguya Summer and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't help but fall in love and want to see them succeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as I feel like this is also a bit of an excuse for fan service and or putting <laughs> characters into yeah, cliche situations, the undercurrent isn't cliched at all, is it? No. It's kind. Of, it's really kind of sweet. 
kind of on the subject of fan service, Amazing Strangers. Yeah. <gasps> now, yeah. I-, I was fully prepared for this to be Creep Central. I yeah. I was hoping there would be a sort of a mystery to it that the whole pretense of uh, this little robotic toy girl who thinks she's real, a, a- la Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. hoping that pretense would last a little longer, lead to some hilarious interactions, but nope. They no. are toys and they know it. But I yep. mean, like, I kind of like that because in Toy Story, like, the, the amount of time that Buzz Lightyear continually denied mm. where he was was kind of like, oh, my gosh. You know, he's going to find out at some point and it's going to really, really hit him and it's going to be awkward and cringe. Which is weird when you think about it. If Buzz Lightyear doesn't think he's a toy, why does he freeze when Andy enters the room? Yeah, that's true, actually. These I, are the I questions we probably shouldn't <laughs> ask because we could be here forever. Um, but the, the, yeah. the series revolves around a guy who decides, oh, I've ne- never mm. bought a uh, figurine for any of the anime series yeah, that Boida I like before. Haruto, his name yes. is. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to buy this one for my favourite show. <laughs> and then these he, figurines start multiplying. Yeah, <laughs> they start to come alive. Which is what he feared, because he even mm-hmm. says, oh, if I start buying figurines as a slippery slope, yeah. one will be the cause of many, many more. I wonder if like one of the these little figurines is going to pull up his credit card account and go, that's where we came from! <laughs> <laughs> that that's kind of reminds me of that time that you pocket bought a few things oh. from your ebay wish list so I, I made an ebay it, so um i was walking around in london and um i had my phone in my back pocket and As it was do. quite warm so my pants got a bit sweaty and no, i believe you, you took the phone out messed around with it put it back yeah. in your front pocket this time yeah and, oh, and i believe that because the condensation was on the front of it it made a bridge between my thigh and the phone three <laughs> items were bought from or his ebay 300 pounds <laughs> worth of figurines and you know what <laughs> it was two steps away from buying oh. that evangelion cell which yeah. is about 1900 pounds yeah. or something wasn't it i'd be in big trouble if that happened yeah there's no going back on that now, listeners, you might be thinking this is a fantastic excuse for you guys to use for when you buy something on eBay. And you are right. It is. <laughs> yeah, if you had for- bought that. Fortunately, fortunately, I managed to get all of the people to cancel the orders and explain that the account <laughs> had pocket purchase things. I feel but, like oh. if you had actually bought that Evangelion cell, you would have spent a bit longer making that decision, though. I I. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that could accusation. You, could you take that back, Kyle? Could it's you? It's really hard because it's the, oh, it's the scene where you know one goes berserk. I mean, oh. I've I've walked around your house. I've walked through your halls where you have yeah. cells from different animes mm-hmm. in lovely frames, just lovingly adorning your walls. I can't yeah. help it. I like what I like. <laughs> I mean, it's so art. just mm-hmm. just to go back to Amazing Strangers, real brief. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is that Buida doesn't seem creepy to me. He seems mm. quite. He's just dedicated. Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. He's an enthusiast. He's not... It feels kind of like there's a bit of a self-insert going on here. Maybe yeah. someone watched Toy Story when they were younger and thought, mm, yeah, that, that would be surprised. This is certainly you know. aimed at a particular crowd, but I don't think it dehumanizes them or shows them in a callous kind of a light, which, which is very, which good. is very good. Yeah, mm. it's, yeah. it's surprising it's as wonderful. well because often we do see that ones what, that are portraying the otaku culture in any format, despite you know often the writers being otaku culturals themselves, they may create some questionable behaviour through self-insertion or through putting on behaviour of the characters. I'm Absolutely. hoping I'm hoping that this means that 
these people, well, this this sort of um, group of people aren't feeling mm-hmm. so ostracised by society anymore. They feel more that it's along the side, the parlance of normal everyday life, yeah. so they don't have to hide it. They exactly. can be more, more relaxed about what they're into. Mm. There's openness and positivity to it. Now, now on the note of uh, things going awry and uh, many purchases being made, which it actually has no connection to this at all, Attack on Titan... Nice oh segue, wow. Kyle. Yeah, terrible segue. Um, <laughs> so um, it is consistently epic. It is, isn't it? It is. I, what Kyle segue or Attack on Titan? Both. <laughs> I, I think the last. Kyle is always <laughs> no. Yeah, it's Attack on Titan. Sorry, Kyle. Um, I so I love the fact that oh. there's no fan service oh. at all. It's just epic service. Well, well, everyone <laughs> in there is just so unbelievably epic. Yeah. It's so good, and there's such. Different characters they as well. So emotional. I can't yeah. obviously utter any spoilers. So but episode, it's technically episode eighteen of season three, mm. or episode fifty-eight eight of C of overall season. Fifty-eight. I've been counting. Um, For the, those who have he- have heard the hype, um, it's worth it's, watching. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we will go into this in more depth. But um, it says a lot when they said for episode 58, one of the guys from Wit Studios went out on Twitter and said, make sure you have your tissues well, handy. I think that was like, episode 55. Was it 55? The one that we just watched. Was it? That it's was 58, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's 50 something, and it's a big one. It's episode 18 of season yeah. three. There's and 50 episodes of holy hell drama for you guys oh to yeah. watch. Oh, yeah, and it's fantastic. And there's plenty more coming, too. Binge it. But we should uh, get on to what we are going to be talking about today, and that is this episode where we're looking at the biggest and baddest villains in Japan's media the giant monster, also <laughs> known as the kaiju. Now, with the new Godzilla film out in cinemas, we thought it's a great time to have a look back back at where this love for giant destructive beings came from and where it's the king of the monsters himself or something from outer space. So mm-hmm. we'll be talking about the recent animated Godzilla films on Netflix, sticking with our animation theme, and two other series that focus on giant monsters in one form or another, Knights of Cydonia and Attack on Titan. But before that, let's head to the newsroom. Making headlines. Really? Sort of. Anime News. More delays to this season's anime broadcast and big news for the live-action Akira movie. This is Kawaii Fi Anime News. Funimation has acquired anime distributor Manga Entertainment for the company's merging operations in the UK. The merger will create the largest anime distributor in the UK and Ireland, and thanks to the merger, new anime titles are now available on Funimation's UK streaming service, including some never broadcast in the region before. The live-action adaptation of Akira has received a premiere date, with a long-awaited cult classic expected in cinemas on May 21st, 2021. Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi has been confirmed as directing the film a year after he revealed his desire to head the project. The Hollywood adaptation will be set in New Manhattan, with a project planned for two films, each adapting three volumes of the original manga. July star dates for many animes have been confirmed in the past fortnight, with many more expected to come in the coming weeks. The upcoming anime in the humanoid monster BEM series has announced a July 7th start date with the series celebrating the franchise's 50th anniversary. Upcoming Viking anime Vinland Saga will also start airing on the same day with the first three of its 24 episodes all airing together. 
original anime, and I'm going to challenge with this one, Kochika Wakaiki Nobunaga has been listed with a July 8th premiere, alongside the release of many key visuals for the show. The original series by Studio Dean focuses on historical figure Oda Nobunaga, starting in his early teenage days with a sword. Grand Belm and another original anime for next season and the anime adaptation for manga series Dr. Stone have both been listed with a July 5th premiere date in Japan and a second spin-off series in the Magical Index franchise is also starting this July with a certain scientific accelerator due to premiere on July 12th. And whether the series will run for 24 episodes like the others in the franchise has yet to be confirmed. And finally, Season 2 of Teasing Master Takagi-san has announced the series will begin airing on July 7th as well, likely running for 12 episodes. Delays to two more series have been announced this fortnight, following a three-week delay to The Shield Hero earlier this month. The new adaptation of Fruits Basket will have its ninth and 10th episodes delayed due to the airing of the French Open on Japanese TV. Um, really? Yep. Attack on Titans International Simulcast will now be delayed from Sundays to Wednesdays due to an issue with one of Funimation's sub-licensees. A company who it shares its library with have been caught releasing the episodes before their Japanese broadcast, resulting in Funimation now receiving the episodes only after airing in Japan. Upcoming sci-fi love story Hello World has had a September 20th release announced for Japan, with the film being headed up by Erased and Sword Art Online director Tomohiko Ito. The film is set in Kyoto in 2027 and features a time travel paradox. Heading to the bookshelves and popular food manga Food Wars is coming to an end in the coming months according to Weekly Shonen Jump, with the manga due to finish in three chapters. A big announcement will also be made on the day the series ends, though what the may be is a mystery at this stage. The weekly series has been running since 2012, spawning three anime series and over 300 chapters. And in dub news, it might be eight years late, but an English dub for 2012 comedy series Nichijo My Ordinary Life has been announced by Funimation, with the series releasing on home media in late July this year. The series was originally licensed by Bandai Entertainment, but the dub was cancelled in 2012 when the company stopped distributing home releases. And that's your anime news for the week ending June 3rd, 2019. Akira, Akira, Akira. I could cry. I know it's I'm been in the works happy. for so long, and <sighs> it's going to be adapting the manga. The manga, the masterpiece that took him ten years to write. They're going to do it. Oh my! Like because I mean, I when when I first knew about Akira, it was the manga. Mm-hmm. And I read all of it, and I just reread it, and I was just like, how did this guy do all this? By all of this by himself. It is absolutely <laughs> stunning. It is. It is, is incredible piece wow. of work. Wow. Uh, but that's going to be very exciting when it does come in. I believe filming's taken place in California, and um, I think we reported a few episodes back that it was a case that, that uh, I think the California Film Board went, if you do it here, we'll give you a tax break, and suddenly we have a release date. I really so. <laughs> can't wait <laughs> to see work, this. Mm-hmm. We are going gold class to see that. Oh, yeah. Front and send. No, not front. Middle and centre. Middle and centre. You don't want to be front and centre, craning your head up. I'm camping out in front of Hoyts. I Mm. will get a tent. But, I mean, on the note of, you know, Akira's, we do have another Akira in the news as well, (laughs) which we didn't have time to mention um, that. Akira Toriyama. And what's he done this time, Coco? Well, um, France has knighted him. Oh, that's pretty exciting. It's great. Um, He didn't turn up. (laughs) Of course Uh, not. He doesn't turn up to anything. He Um, he didn't turn up to being 
knighted. Who turned no. up instead? So uh, the French government conferred the Chevalier de l'Ordre des Arts et de Lettres, which is Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters. It's a pretty decent pretty deal. decoration um, that happened May 30. I'm at just the French embassy him. in Japan. He didn't have to go far. <laughs> it was in Japan. And he his publisher rocked up. And he was just like, Mr. Toriyama is always very grateful to his <laughs> French fans who have appreciated his work since the early days of his career. Unfortunately, Mr. Toriyama almost never attends ceremonies. And so I have the honour of receiving this award in his place. He instructed me to um. tell you how honoured he is to receive the award <laughs> from your country. I'm assuming he did a very deep bow after oh, this. Oh, yeah. So I, I have a few thoughts here. Yep. If it was in France, I could understand. But it's in Japan. It's probably in Tokyo, which for, from my knowledge, that's an hour and a half on the Shinkansen for him. Um, too far, obviously. How much of a Goku thing is this to do? I know! Right? Yeah, I'm starting like, to wonder. Not, it's not food, therefore he has not attended. I wonder if Goku is a <laughs> bit of a, a self-insert. Can I eat it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is Goku now a self-insert of Toriyama? Is there... <laughs> I, I, I think uh, Toriyama has a few more brain cells left than Goku, though. <laughs> so just so you guys know, um, another person that has received this uh, knighthood from France is Otomo Katsuhiro, who mm. wrote and created Akira. Ah, mm. so, well, there you go. They just like Akira. And so Takeshi Kitano of Takeshi's Castle. Yeah. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. But on that note, we do need to talk about naming conventions because mm. that's all changing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so Japan's foreign minister and the prime minister have announced that they're looking to have the international standard where they originally... So in, in Japan, names are written surname, then first name. Mm. But when they came in contact with the West, they decided to adapt Western... Um, Naming conventions. naming conventions to then have uh, their first name, last name when they were in international environments. So Shinzo Abe is actually Abe Shinzo, the Prime Minister. Mm. Um, Akira Toriyama is Toriyama, Toriyama Akira, Akira. etc. Now uh, Shinzo good. Abe has asked to be referred to in his traditional naming convention, Abe Shinzo. That's going to take some getting used to. It is, and um, like to be, to be honest, I'd like to like mm-hmm. the the number of times that I have mistaken uh, you know on, on this show even yeah. i've been like i want to do it the right way but when you read english text dealing mm. with these name naming conventions you can it's hard to tell it is a like, lot of the times the, the amount of time we search through entries to find out you know what a particular artist has done and aren't yeah. sure what is the right order yeah and sometimes you'll look you, you'll find say for example four sources with mm. two different, with with the naming convention swapped, yeah. an equal amount of times, and it's just hard, you know. <laughs> Especially if they don't have a Wikipedia page, because they do mention on Wikipedia in which order they are. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of makes me feel like a, you know, uncultured swine when I don't know which is the last name, which is the first. I feel but terrible. The, interestingly, though, um, so far there haven't been any news organisations which have adapted the new naming no. conventions. No, there haven't. Which, which is, is really quite rude. It is, to be honest, because oh. I remember um, it was when it was put out, yeah. and no, nothing. Nothing's changed. No. But that's a, that's a shame. But we should head on to uh, what we need to talk about today, and that's to do with giant monsters. Come on, come on, get and now for our feature presentation. Now featuring 
And as you can imagine, the Tamako Market Sting doesn't really work for Godzilla. Oh, but it's so adorable. <laughs> I love that show. Now so, that's a crossover. Yes. Now let, let, let's look at this. That We're talking about the big, the bad, the ugly, the mm. very ferocious kaiju series, which all kind of really, um, you know, everyone thinks of kaiju, they think of Godzilla. There are other yeah. places, but uh, I think, Coco, you've done a fair bit of research in the history of this, haven't you? I've tried. You've tried. <laughs> I've tried to <laughs> grab it all together. Surprisingly harder than we first thought. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be anything that's particularly focusing on um, monsters. Well, I guess it, the thing is monsters are a bit difficult to define because mm. um, in Japanese, uh, the word kaiju can mean a few different things. Mm. Um, so I don't know, maybe that uh, on a personality side, we can define it as some uh, something that's antagonistic to human beings. Um, but or not necessarily, I don't know, but on the appearance side, they're different species, so we can't obviously discuss yeah. Gendo Ikari. And in the same sort <laughs> of <laughs> oh, line. Oh, I, I don't know. He's a bit of a monster. Oh, he is. Um, Not but, quite but, a giant but, monster, but certainly. Well, well, we'll come back to Neon Genesis in a moment, but mm. let's go back to the origin of the whole giant mm. monster idea because I believe it actually might have an Americanized influence in there. Yeah, especially Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, that was influenced by King Kong. And mm. there is actually what's considered to be a lost film called... Um, I think it's... King Kong in Edo, I think oh, it's called. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um they took King Kong and they sort of ran with it a little bit. All, There's I'm, another... all I'm seeing is Dragon Ball right now, <laughs> with someone going, you know, large mon- giant ape, Ozuru, and then just uh, trashing mm. around. This is just another instance of the things where the West and the East have just sort of traded ideas, tossed them across the fence to each other, yeah, back yeah. and forth. I mean, mm. we've stolen Godzilla to make our own films now, so, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, obviously, monsters mm. are of great psychological importance. They've been they've been turning up in folklore for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of tricky to figure out why that is. It's on the surface because it's fantastical and impossible. We look at, like a bear feeding on some small animals and think, oh, crikey, good thing that mm. wasn't me. And then, I don't know, we superimpose a monster? Or? But yeah, um, I think with Godzilla, let's start with that because he's the biggest and the baddest. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an allegory, a massive yeah. allegory because he was released first in 1954. And as we remember, the World War Two. Um, World War Two had ended maybe like less than a decade yeah. ago. Yeah, a bang. Mm, yeah, 1945. With a couple bangs for the Japanese people, unfortunately. Like so many people who saw Godzilla and mm. like it, it was nothing that, it, there was nothing funny about it to them. No. They felt it very deeply. Because it's such, it, it's the radioactivity that well, make, gives the monster its power as well as its Yeah, well, you look at its size. origin story, and the origin story is around having, um, you know, nuclear weapons tested to create mm-hmm. a, you know, either wake up or create a super powerful beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've just got to give a brief shout out because um, Godzilla was portrayed by two actors, mm. um, Nakajima Haruo and Tezuka Katsumi. No. no. The, the, this is back. Oh no, no Tesco. relation to Tesco. No. Now th- <laughs> the th- this one. is back in the day when it was the big suit. Oh yeah, they needed two people because one person could only hang out in the suit. For, 
hang out. <laughs> One person could only operate the suit for about three minutes before they'd pass out. Three was, minutes? Yeah. Three, that's, that's incredible. I thought you were going to say like three hours, three 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. They, they just yeah, they sweated it out in these suits. Hey, um, so you, you could say that they really sweated for their art. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did really. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because Japan also has um, yokai, mm. which is um, not what we know as demons, but we've given that name to them. Yeah, um, which has always been an interesting point of contention with subs and dubs as well, mm. because yokai aren't fundamentally like when we think demons, we think of the the Greco-Roman European idea yeah. of demons. Yeah, um, the Catholic demons. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Whereas um, Japan is more diverse and very almost mm. fairy-like. In well, some it's yeah. it, it's as diverse as their their idea of gods in Shinto. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's not just there is one big bad or is there there is one you know chronological or um, hierarchical system. There's it's, a spirit of this river, yeah. a ghost of this yeah. mountain, a monster yeah. of this cave. This there is are... the rich history of flo- folklore and mm. um, manga and films and anime have been inspired by folklore since their inception. For example, there's one called Gegege no Kitaro, which mm. was a manga first published in Weekly Shonen magazine. Mm. Um, I think it's also known as Taro's Monster Hunt. Um, that does ring a bell, actually. Yeah. It was an anime produced by Fuji TV from yeah, yeah. 68. Um and then, of course, just going back to all the kaiju. Oh, yeah. Um, after Godzilla... Uh, we had uh, Sora no Daikaiju, Daik, uh, sorry, Sora no Daikaiju Radon, aka Rodan. Mm-hmm. Oh. Do you guys recognise that yeah. name? Yeah, actually, he has been acquired um, by the same production company that um, released got, that's released the most recent Western adaptation of Godzilla. As he king so, of the monsters. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's going to turn up in that film. Oh. As well as others. You know what's actually funny? I was researching this as well. Um, I found some footage of the original Rodan movie in 1956, and I've seen it before on SBS. Oh, really? Yeah, there was... Yeah, um, SBS! There was, <laughs> oh, we owe them so much for our education in um, Japanese culture. But yeah, it's mostly because there was always one scene which just stuck in my mind. And this is using, like ancient kind of special mm-hmm. effects effects which would probably make George Lucas proud perhaps even inspired him but yeah there's <laughs> um a scene where Rodan this terrifying beast is flying low over a forest and over like a desert road covered in cars and he flies with such speed that he creates a sonic boom which blasts the trees apart and blows these cars off the road and i don't know i was a fan of the show thunderbirds way uh, back yeah. in the day and that just stuck out at me, and I thought, oh, wow, this is something like out of that, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, th- there's, uh, there is, despite there being all these live actions, there is a lack of animated yeah. um, kaiju films. And this probably comes down to a few things. Uh, animes have a very humanist focus on their characters. So if you're watching something with giant monsters, you want to see the main character triumph against, you know, this massive challenge beating them not the other way around absolutely and that's what the hallmark of kaiju films is is about humanity losing to the monsters in one form or another yes um there was actually some criticism about the uh new godzilla movie that it didn't focus enough on the human elements their struggles and their um don't care yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm going I came to s- here to watch a, a giant monster yeah. wreck a city. Yeah, yeah this is a film where where the words are 
King of the Monsters and Godzilla are contained. I'm expecting two things, mm-hmm. and one of them isn't Eleven getting over her family issues. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Eleven? Uh, from Stranger, Stranger things. things. The actress from that who plays a young psychic girl is in the new movie. Mm-hmm. Ah, Good and she actress. has family, family issues? I don't know. I expect so. That's uh, how it, these movies go. That, that's how these things go. Well, it's like, is yes. she a big, massive monster that's threatening the city? Then no, I don't want to know no, exactly. that much about it either. Like when I was a kid, <laughs> when I went to see these films, and it just focused so much on on the human. Um, yeah. Do you, do you remember the old Godzilla experience? with Matthew Broderick? Oh my, the one in uh, it took forever. 1990... Yeah. 98, I think. Ninety eight. Yes. yes. Yeah. It took forever it for him to show Way up. Way too long. And, and they... no, no offense to Matthew Broderick, but I think he's a wet towel of an actor. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to know something funny? What? That wasn't the end of that movie. The uh, post-credit scene in that, where the yep. little baby Godzilla opens, that was in fact the start of an animated TV series. An American animated? or Oh, yes. Uh, oh, this is in the same vein as um, oh. Men in Black, the series. This was Godzilla, the I series. I think I remember seeing this at some point on um, TV and going, what on earth is this? Exactly. This is basically, uh, I actually have the plot here. Uh, the baby Godzilla imprints on Matthew Broderick. Oh, Did it no. ever take off? Uh, it had two series, lasted for two years. Uh, as far as connection to the actual Godzilla-verse and all of Godzilla's friends like Rodan and Mothra and enemies like Ghidorah, very little connection. There was a plot arc involving Mechagodzilla, mm-hmm. but otherwise, not a lot. Mm. Now, going back to why there's like a kaiju anime, the other reason is the demographic that anime is aimed at. Now, we will watch you know, uh, anime as adults, and many do in Japan, but mm. in, in the Western, in Japanese culture, the core audience is, you know, ages 13 to 25, say, for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. And as a young boy or girl, you'd rather imagine being the hero, wouldn't you? Probably. Yeah, you, I th- yeah. and also you'd want um, the, f- the human focus, because mm-hmm. you Which want to relate. also explains the prevalence and the massive popularity of mecha and isekai genres in Japan, mm-hmm. because due to fantasy receiving a great power and being popular... That's going to be very popular mm. with the shonen and shoujo audiences. And yeah. you say that, and uh, this came up in my research as well. I was trying to find like kaiju-oriented animes. Mm-hmm. Could find very little which mm. didn't also have a massive mecha focus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we when I had a look, and apologies because I couldn't really find a lot either. Mm. Um, I have seven. Yeah. That's it. So I I managed to track Dragon down... Dragon Ball one of them? No. With the great A. The, the, is that really a kaiju? It's not. It's not really. No. It's is Donkey it? Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call that a kaiju. I guess so, a but it's, it's a... kaiju is um, on its own. Yeah. It, it's it's not... Yeah. You, you don't have a herd of kaiju, for instance, except for King of the Monsters. Oh, Rated PG in cinemas just... June. Not... <laughs> <laughs> I am now picturing just a herd of Godzillas. Uh, It'd be pretty terrifying. Um, would you so, call that a murder or a destruction of Godzillas? I call it a cataclysm. An annihilation. <laughs> yeah. um, so the ones I managed to track down, there's Chrome Shelled Regis, which is, once again, giant robots mm-hmm. fighting off with mobile cities. There's Neo Ranga. There's Neon Genesis Evangelion, which mm. is, you know, very obviously giant robots as well. Uh, Blue Gender, which um, I had a brief look at. Looks interesting. Knights of Cydonia, which is debatable as to whether they're kaiju or not because they're in space. Um, There is Die Guard, which, to be honest, feels like it is aimed at children. Um, It very feels like Voltron versus giant monsters. Yes, yes. And that people consider Voltron a kaiju anime for some reason Mm. too. Um, Um, And then, of course, Attack on Titan, um, which is giant monsters in a way. 
I found um, four myself, and I'm not sure about two of them. Uh, plus the one, a couple of the ones you mentioned, mm-hmm. such as Attack on Titan and Sidonia stuff. Uh, I had uh, SSSS Gridman. Oh yeah, which is uh, boy finds a giant robot, which helps him fight off monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brave Police Decker, boy meets transforming vehicular giant robots, which, which help him fight robots. So, common uh, theme. Uh, Claymore, which is um, knights fighting monsters, some of them giant. Okay. And Tokiro, which is a world of food where yeah. people grow stronger by fighting and killing and eating. Isn't that uh, part of the One Piece universe? Uh, technically, no, but there have been crossover episodes, including with Naruto and Dragon Ball. Ooh. If we're going to talk about monsters in general, we can always talk about Naruto, because that yeah. had the uh, bijou. Ooh, you're yeah, you're so not wrong. Would yeah. you, you'd call those kaiju, wouldn't you? Uh, in, in a modern setting, yes. If it was would. on its own, yeah. yeah, definitely. And we can also talk a little bit about Pokemon, because... Lo- they are pocket monsters, but also let me just yeah, explain. Lotad and its evolutions, as well as Golduck, are based on Kappa, which yeah. are part oh. of fo- folklore. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, um, I so do. anyway, they have scales. They're kind of like got a turtle-like carapace on their back, as well as like a dent in their heads so that they have to have water in at all times. This brings me to Sarazan Mai. We'll come back to that later. No, I want segue. to really push the point because you have vetoed me on this <laughs> by just saying, oh, it's got to do with creepy stuff to do with people's bottoms. <laughs> and it does, but now I know why. It's because they're about Kappa. We, we will talk about this in the outro. How's that sound as okay. a compromise? On that note, though, there are Pokemon which are based off Kaiju. Um, you do have a look at Tyranitar is the obvious one, but the Aron line, which ends in Agron, that's actually based off a Korean Kaiju story. That's so oh. cool. Which is really unique. And there's a few other of those type of, you know, giant uh, heavy Pokemon, which are... Snorlax. Mm. No, that well, actually, that's an American Kaiju. <laughs> 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 I kid, I kid. Supersize me now. Um, now, these animes that do have Kaiju on them still aren't focused on the monster though are they they are you know unlike the live action the live action is look at the destructive power of this um whereas they focus instead on the human character to fight against it and this is a pretty core trait of anime itself i mean you can't Mm. really remove that i mean you know many characters are made to be relatable with emotional depth and then they're designed to serve as a conduit into the world of that story and i mean if an anime's ever given you the chills made you cry or feel a rush this is part of the reason why it's such a fascinating thing, isn't it? We like connect with these characters and stuff like that, but we also can't go past a good Godzilla movie and just oh, marvel at yeah. the, you know, the, the doom powers. and the destruction. It's what yeah, because we can't relate to it. That's mm. what I think is so good about it. Oh. And on that, let's talk about the trilogy of Godzilla films, which have recently landed on Netflix. Kawaii Fire Radio. We'll be there on time. Just twenty minutes of ads. Cinema Club. Yes, Godzilla CG anime Netflix trilogy thingo. Um, it's a trilogy I, of films released in Japanese cinemas yeah. and it's now on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was so good. You know, this was originally going to be a series. Really? Yeah. Um, it was planned for like over 24 episodes, something like that. Oh, wow. That would have been fantastic. I mean, I quite like how it ended up, mm. but you know. 
I mean, the, the, the series me isn't with the, the films aren't without their critics, and that's with anything, of course. But we, there's a trilogy of films, and there was the planet or oh, Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters in 2017, mm. yeah. City on the Edge of Battle, and The Planet Eater in 2018, and they're mm. sort of that hybrid CGI style of animation. So we start off with um, our main character mm-hmm. in um, a very sort of contentious situation. He's the captain of a ship. He disagrees with allowing. Um, well, he's he's not dis- a captain, but he's a military captain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's a military captain. Uh, he disagrees with uh, the, and they're they're in a situation where they have left Earth. They have had to leave Earth because of Godzilla. They're drifting in space aboard a spaceship. Well, I've much. actually got the plot here. So oh. giant monsters began plaguing the Earth in late twentieth century. Tw- late 20th century I've got I've got words humanity is driven to near extinction by one monster that eliminated the others Godzilla it was at that time that two alien races with ulterior motives came to earth to offer their assistance despite the help humanity and its new allies had to abandon the planet and search for a new home in the stars and after 20 years and no luck the vessel decides to use a light speed jump to return home causing thousands of years to pass and that brings us to uh the j- just before the jump, where we mm. have that uh, com- combative confrontation. confrontation between yeah. the captain, um, who they basically want to get rid of some of the crew, the elderly, yes. the by elderly. sort of testing to see if they can land on this planet they've mm. touted as a potential new place for people to live. Whereas he's done his research and says it's fundamentally unlivable, which mm. he then distributes to the, all the crew, and everyone on the ship. Starts being like, mm, kind of like, what's going on? A bit of a WikiLeaks situation. Yeah, a little bit. Except there's yeah. a very hopeless kind of atmosphere around yeah. this uh, situation yeah. about the humans. It's like it's done everyone's very desperate. Well. But during this, um, while he's confined to, um, well, he's locked away essentially. He's got someone leaking him data, and he manages to formulate a plan for how they could take down Godzilla if they went home. Oh, and that then he leaks to the whole ship as well. <laughs> And suddenly mm. everyone wants to go home and, and the, retake Earth. And there's quite a few people who have never seen Earth. Yeah, being born on the ship. But they're keen to see it. They want to know what it's all about. And collectively they end up, um, yeah, it leads to this jump. They like, How many it years? Ends, it ends up being like an extra 20,000. No, I, d- I don't think it was quite 20,000. I think they thought it was going to be just under five, and it ends up to be about 10. It's, it's thousands of years, and it ends up being yeah. double the time they thought. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. But, I mean, when you think about that, they could have just flown back for 20 years instead of having a thousand-year jump. It makes you go, hmm, mm. this is a plot device. Yeah. Um, but uh. guess what? The world has changed. It has. Yeah, and Godzilla is still part of it. He's still kicking. <laughs> he's still alive. Yeah. So it's a hybrid CGI, as I said, and that's very similar to Knights of Cydonia, mm. Blame, Arjun, Revisions, all which are on Netflix. Um, and originally when these animes came out, they were a little bit jarring, um, that style, but mm, they've managed to, to really refine it. It's it's really smooth, really nice, no mm. juttery or anything like that. We've noticed a bunch of uh, hybrid animes came out with the last um, with the last bunch of yeah. series. Yeah, they have. And um, I think it actually might uh, take its place as a kind of a you know a new form of art style. Mm. Yeah, as far as the anime goes. I mean, I will always adore hand drawn such as yeah. Studio Ghibli's um, you know fantastic pieces, mm-hmm. but you know. If I get a good story and oh, it yeah. looks amazing, then I'm happy. Well, I mean, that is 90% of the challenge is yeah. getting that good story. I mean, if you've got the good story, the artwork doesn't necessarily mm. have to be perfect. This this story I really enjoyed. Um, oh, yeah. There's something 
Like when mm. they land back on the planet, obviously they, they become aware of him and he becomes aware of them. And, but then there's this part where you see him, not just his head framed against the sky and very slowly he turns to look straight at you. They really captured was, the scale. Really oh did. my God. And it was just the, the slow Ooh. deliberateness of it. It's sort of like just so horrifying because this thing doesn't care about your motives or anything. It's the king. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doomed. The, the whole world <laughs> has become a v- revolving around this thing yeah. as the top of the food chain and learning from yep. it. Exactly. This thing is part of the world. The world is part of it mm. and it is basically in itself a natural disaster mm. and that's, nothing stands against it. That's why I love the Godzilla films that much. I can't choose a side. Yeah. If I am on a side at all, it's very it's very marginally to the left or the right, you know? Mm-hmm. Because he's just he that he's just, you know, the king he's of just, the jungle. He's just doing his thing. He's just honestly well, like it's the same um, sort of thing with the recent Shin Godzilla as well. Oh, it yeah. was it was fantastically delivered. It's the same thing where it's not designed mm. to be a choosing side situation. It's observing mm. the spectacle. Now yeah. I didn't get to see that one in full, but I got to see enough clips of it to know Oh my, I must watch this. Mm-hmm. There was a point at which I did choose a side and it was his side. <laughs> and that was in the scene, like um, around the middle of the um Was it where film. the politicians appeared? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, it was when he's in the middle, he's amongst the city and he's mm. getting bombed. Like, everyone's like, all right, now we can go. We can attack him. He's getting targeted from all these different, you know, um, Different attack different types sides. and weapons. Yeah, and it's like that. There and the way, and he's just cowering under this attack. And it's like there's no sides in nature. Mm-hmm. He's just doing what's natural to him. It's just like I feel like he's more neutral, chaotic than yeah. than he. Yeah, than I'd he, say you know. more nuclear chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's just like unfortunate that the human species is getting the short end of the stick, and we always want ourselves to work, but. Hmm. Like, like in but this way, it's how he works as the allegory of the bombs being dropped yeah. in Japan. But as you mentioned, like, he is impressively animated. And something we did notice, actually, because we, we normally mm. watch our anime subbed, um, but occasionally we do watch dubbed. And this one's actually, despite it being, um, you know, CG and very clear mouth movements because of it, it's dubbed surprisingly well. Yeah, yeah it took me back as well. Yeah, a lot of the standout voice actors who do do English dubs were part of the production for it. So that kind of makes sense. Mm. But what I did think was quite interesting is that it's again, because it's gone through the anime style, it's focusing on the humans fighting the kaiju and it's a very human survival story, Mm. um, which is, you know, taking it from the standard kaiju format into a more anime format. And it's proved it can work. Mm -hmm. I've got a quote from you all from the creator of Godzilla, Honda Ishiro. He said, monsters are born too tall too strong, too heavy. That is their tragedy. Mm. Uh-huh. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. There's and ways you could examine that. I this think. guy, Greek tragedy after style. work, yes, yeah, it is because they are brought down by themselves. And this guy um, also worked with Akira Kurosawa. Or Kurosawa Akira, I should say, <laughs> who directed Rashomon and Seven Samurai. Mm. Well, the downside of this is the reception wasn't amazing. Um, critics saying the characters weren't that interesting. Remember what we were talking about earlier? Yeah, we are don't, there for don't... the destruction yeah, of the yeah. monsters. we're there for him. Um, they <laughs> did say it proved that Godzilla could work as an anime, however. Yo. So mm. it's like, isn't that kind of a bit of counterintuitive to what you've just said? 
I think that might be, <laughs> and maybe this is why animes of kaiju don't turn up so often because Quite people possibly. miss the mark. But I think but that the fact that this has happened might cause mm. a debate, it might cause a discussion, and might reassess people's yeah. focus on the anime genre once yeah, again. Absolutely. Mm. Like, I remember when Pacific Rim came out. <laughs> it's like... That this is giving me exactly what I want to see. I want to see massive, massive destruction. Yeah, like I want to see big fights. I don't care how how ridiculous it, you, you think it, the storyline is. Storyline's not important. Yeah, it's the monsters. You're, you're here it's for the, the massive, carnage. Yeah. Absolutely. You, and you don't go and watch like robot well. wars, for instance, yeah. because you want to learn about the people <laughs> yeah. who built the robot. You Pe- want to watch the robots beat really, the living daylights out I, of each other. Yeah, and I feel like if you're going to be, you know, uh, picky about, oh, it's not like this and not, it's not like that, maybe you're just That's missing That's not scientifically the point. accurate. Yeah. It's not supposed to be. It, it's it makes, giant monsters. It has to make mm. sense in its universe. It always does. Now, on the note not scientifically accurate, we should go on and talk about the animes that have been inspired by kaiju genre. And first mm. off, we need to talk about Knights of Cydonia. The Wi-Fi Radio. That anime was a manga? That manga was an anime? Manga Kai. Yes, Knights of Cydonia. It is a also CG anime series, which is on Netflix and was supported by them. It was written by Tsutsutomi Nehei, who also wrote the Blame series and Biomega. Mm. And he has a strong cult following uh, because of his hot cyberpunk style and his mega-structured world art style. Yeah, wasn't he an architect? Uh, he previously worked in construction, but I'm unsure if he was an architect. He I do picked know. a few things up. Yeah, <laughs> but it would explain his design style, albeit. So, mm-hmm. But um, the manga series is fantastic. It ran for 78 chapters from 2009 to 2015. It's been collected into 15 volumes, released in the West. It's been Mm. quite popular as well. And the Netflix adaptation is very original faithful to that original content. Because Mm. but because of so much, we've only got two seasons and we are nowhere near done. What did you guys think of Nights of Cydonia? I uh, didn't get to read the manga of course, but I saw a lot of the anime over your guys' shoulders. Mm -hmm. And ooh, that's I mean, this was my first kind of introduction to the hybrid style that we yeah. just mentioned. And, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm admittedly a big fan of it. I've read all of the manga. Um, the The plot is, once again... Yeah, like, they've had to leave Earth because of Galna. This yeah. seems to happen often. Yeah, we seem to have trouble with keeping Earth. What a surprise. <laughs> so it's the year... Thirty-three ninety-four, where That'd humans are living in a massive spaceship and dangerous aliens threaten humanity. It's a thousand years in the future. Earth has been destroyed by powerful shape-shifting aliens called the Gorna, and mankind has fled into space aboard giant spaceships that they now call home. They are still targeted by the creatures having to defend themselves while they search for a new home. Piloting mobile weapon units called guards. Here we go straight into the giant mech part of it. Uh, humanity is able to take a stand against the enemies by destroying their cores. But the story starts with a boy called Nagate Tanakaze, who has been living in vessel Cydonia, deep inside the mechanical labyrinth that makes up its inner core. He's never come into contact with anyone else on board of the ship since he was born. And he then accidentally falls into one of the production areas and... Uh, gets introduced to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got a lot of unique themes that mm. you wouldn't see in a kaiju one because it is a human focus. But yeah. they There's do... a lot of um, necessity breeds innovation in it, isn't yeah. there? I love that. And that is the thing that basically sets him apart from a lot of the rest of the crew is he is, for all, intensive pur- for all intents and purposes, 
very human. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas the rest of the crew, <coughs> less so. Much. Well, yeah. the, the, the major thing which is revealed in the first episode, and it's not too much of a spoiler because it is pretty much the core theme mm. that the story is built on, is that there are a lot of people who are cloned. Um, and that is through genetic cloning, like not mm. like one-to-one cloning. Um, yeah. Like I didn't clone myself for a mini-me sort of thing. And they have certain uh, feats and traits installed into their bodies. Uh, some of them actually uh, subsist through chlorophyll and photosynthesis mm-hmm. rather than mm. eating normal food. Like they will perhaps just, eat just once a month. Just to survive, yeah. And I love the way that that this series deals with that. It's not like, a, oh, look, this is this new thing. Mm-hmm. This is, look, look look at how different we... It's just like, this is it. Yeah, mm. this is the thing that grabbed me about it. It wasn't the monster fights and stuff, though the action for it is it's, it's intense well and written. wonderful and so visceral mm-hmm. and mm. almost bloodthirsty in some ways. But no, it's that it raises new ideas, which mm-hmm. I must have for a sci-fi kind of genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, one, one of the other areas I, I did mention we do have... So we've got your mecha component, which is very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your sci-fi component um, because you're in space. You've got your kaiju component because, whoa, evil <laughs> aliens. Now, the, the evil aliens... So the, the reason I feel this does fall into that kaiju genre, while it's not on Earth and it's not a single entity, the... Gorner themselves tend to act as like a hive-like entity. So they can combine and come together a la, you know, Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stick more of them together, it becomes more mighty like and dangerous. The um, yeah, the putties. But it, it also likes to delve into what it is to be human, which, you know, if, if you're looking at uh, an anime for endless destruction, this probably isn't the one for it. It's mm. not about cities or things being destroyed, but you will see destruction inside the yeah. spaceship <laughs> and, and them blowing up a planet and a yeah. star at and some it's point. A, a and lot of it is like, it, there's a lot of isolation. Mm. There's a lot of themes around isolation because they don't know if there's anyone else of their race in the universe that's still Because they're not the only ship that was sent out. And right. absolutely, to add to that, the fact that the main character can exist in this ship that just defies the imagination for scale by living in its underworks, in its sort of abandoned, crumbling Mm. locations. What kind of a giant ship has such, you know, an excess of space that people can just be lost for so long? It it is very much Nihei style, though, to just continuously build stuff bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, and that is the funny thing. So, of course, Nihei uh, also did the series Blame, yeah, I uh, had a wonderful discussion with someone else who has watched Sidonia and Blame, and he had just the most adorable and hilarious and just nightmarish fan theory. Oh, so is, what is this to potentially connect them? Because there is actually a connection yes. in the manga. Yes, there is. Um, so Blame in the manga. In, in Knights of Cydonia, the characters are watching Blame on TV. Yes, it's true. In uh, I think it's the second series. Yeah. Um, yeah, that happens. But no, uh, before he had seen that, he came up with this theory that the end of this, the end of Knights of Cydonia, they find a planet, they colonize it, they create artificial life, and then the whole thing of blame happens. That yeah. humanity can't get a break and keeps destroying itself. That would <laughs> oh, be cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was his theory. I was just like, oh my God, that's wonderful. And oh my God, the horror. But what, one of the, uh, on, on the note of the, um, the human level of it, one of the things it does deal with quite interestingly, and I'm, I'm not sure if they deal with it tactfully enough, is that clones can be 
monogender. So they can mm. be born with the ability to mutate into either gender once the you know the person chooses it, which I, I feel like is probably the first reference to a trans a, a true transgender character in anime that, so? that I've seen. Because before that, it is you know like Ranmar switching from boy to girl. It's not really trans in in the middle in the in the gray area. It's more of uh, this is a joke. Whereas in this case, it's taken very seriously with how, you know, she chooses that she wants, to, like mentally mm. she decides that I she really would like liked. to be female yeah, and the I body then that. adapts to that um, physique through it. And it, it is, can be seen as like a, a slight metaphor for how someone who might, you know, feel like they're caught in the wrong body can then go transition. Indeed, and quite topical, especially for when it came out. Well, I mean, that, th- this is 2015. Yeah, exactly. It was out. Um, the, the, well, yeah, actually, same year the manga ended, it came out. And so he, he was talking about this back in 2010, that means, in the manga. So that's, you know, that's almost a decade ago. It's quite a thing to be talking about back then. I quite like that. I'm very happy with that, in fact. Yeah. Um, but we should move on to another giant one because we are unfortunately running out of time because we've spent so long talking about giant monsters. Um, let's talk about Attack on Titan. <laughs> Wi-Fi Radio! I think I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. Yes, and in this back catalogue we're talking about something that's currently airing. (laughs) (laughs) It did start airing a while ago. Yeah, well, I mean, Attack on Titan began as a manga in September 2009, similar to um, Knights of Cydonia, and it's since been one of the best-selling manga series of all time. So best-selling, in fact. This uh, manga in 2014 sold over 8 million copies, taking the place of One Piece, like dethroning it, taking its crown. Far out. And that is very, very funny because the writer, uh, Hajime Isayama, has mentioned in interviews that he was greatly inspired by the works of Eiichiro Oda and his works, including One Piece. Wow, okay. So the art style takes (laughs) notes from that. All I can think now is, once I was the apprentice, but I am the captain now. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, it's a monthly manga, but it has got a strong following around the world too because of it. And as you mentioned, um, as of last month, it sold over 90 million volumes globally. More than 80 of those are in Japan. Um, as in 80 million, not just, you know, eight zero. Yeah. <laughs> well, the rest of them are in Italy. Yeah. They thought it was Lupin. <laughs> it's got 119 chapters. It's still ongoing. 28 volumes out so far. Plenty more of them to come, of course. Um, three anime seasons. The second part of season three is airing now. And it'll break your heart. Yeah, I don't know oh, if it'll break your heart. It's just amazing. I um, love it. It is consistently it is. epic. It just doesn't stop, does mm. it? From episode mm. one to episode, we're up to 58. I think we've already mentioned it's just oh man drama and horror and then you've also got to take into account it spawned a range of spin-off novels manga uh two live action films three summary films was won three awards for the series and three more for isayama's work itself and now you know how good it is we should probably actually get onto the synopsis yes and that is um over a century humans have been living in settlements that are surrounded by three 50 meter tall gigantic th- real thick walls they've been they've been given names wall they maria think. yeah <laughs> yes they think uh wall rose and wall cena which prevent the titans which are just terrifying there's these, these giant humanoid creatures who eat humans from entering um, wall cena 
Can you see me? Uh, ba, 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 ba. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed that. Uh, um, so yeah, shout so out to John Cena. Is it um, WWE? Yeah, so the... Um, so the, the main character, well, the, who we start off with, is called Aaron Yeager. Mm. Um, he wants to join the Scout Regiment. The Scout Regiment are the people who sort of pick off the Titans and make sure that yeah. they, everyone's they go out, safe. They go out the wall onto yeah. expeditions, having a look to see, you know, resources that they might be able to get and quickly bring back or, you know, take out and test new equipment on, the, mm-hmm. on these Titans. Yeah. So this semi-idyllic setting is ruined when one day a 60 metre tall, remember the walls are 50 metres tall, a 60 metre tall colossal titan turns up and I th- does he it kick, kicks the door in. He kicks the door in, all the titans walk in and uh, Aaron has to watch his mother die because um, there's this real creepy titan called Mick. the Smiling Titan and yeah. it just, it's like all of and th- that's what I find so creepy about these things they are, they look like humans like genitalless uh, humans yeah. and they are creepy, their their expressions don't change and their and their, their oh. movements are oh, unnatural. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading the synopsis for this before it came out, way back in the day mm-hmm. and um I wasn't immediately grabbed by it because I was thinking, oh, it's kind of like Tom Thumb. Uh, sorry, no, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, yeah. I was thinking it was sort of that sort of thing. We just have these big oafish things in like raggy clothes, just sort of like, you know, there'd be blood and gore and stuff, but it would be otherwise yeah. not that. But no, no absolutely not. not. This is terrifying. These monsters, these titans are just the scariest thing you have laid eyes on in a while. So... Out of the three of us, who has worked in retail? Yep. Uh, They are the general public. (laughs) They are the general public. That is what they are. And imagine if the general, if if Karen, who wants to talk to the manager, walks in and just doesn't change her expression and doesn't talk and just sort of flails and runs around and eats chilled. Well, that would be kind of all right. No, (laughs) no, it wouldn't. It would be interesting. No, not interesting. It would be horrific. And that's exactly what the Titans are. They are horrific, like the general public, if you've ever worked retail, rant over. You have no idea how accurate you are. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I'm actually being serious here. The artist, uh, Ashime Isayama, he got the idea for these Titans long before he wrote it. He encountered a drunken customer in a coffee shop. (gasps) What? He was working in this little coffee shop. A drunken customer was unruly. He was bashing oh. things aside. He was talking in gibberish. He, he was inspired by this man's oh inability to communicate. Gosh! And realised really? that the most dangerous thing of all is man. The general public. <laughs> he he was absolutely on top of it. These Increased things. to ten times the scale oh and wielding a big stick. Somehow, <laughs> somehow I feel really validated. <laughs> that just... that. I'm, I'm not just pleased. listening to I'm you validated. saying it was just wonderful. It was just like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I have this written down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, they're yeah. just, well, yeah, they're creepy. It's quite interesting because um, before um, Attack on Titan was serialized, in 2006, so three years prior, he actually released the story as a one shot. It was his first ever published work. Oh, uh-huh. God, can you imagine that? That one, just shot a one shot won an award. Oh. Huh? Three years later, he then had written two other series and then wrote um, Attack on Titan was properly serialised. Oh. And, you know, non-stop since then. How's that for vindication? Mm. It's just like, I'm that just going to write this as a short story. Oh, that's it's so that good? good. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what I love about this. It's 
the story. I, mm. I very rarely can pick where it's going next. They get hammered by these titans. There's oh, yeah. like very little room for her. There's a lot of very like um, encouraging speeches given, but they're, they're like with with regards to them actually saving the day. Usually they scrape by missing like. Like half the crew, p- half the crew and mm. an arm and a leg. It's a pretty insurmountable odds that they're up against throughout yeah. the whole series. Yeah, for you Game of Thrones fans out there, if you had characters that you absolutely loved and wanted to see to the end, <laughs> strap yourselves in. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is very similar. <laughs> um, and the, in, alongside the Game of Thrones comment you just made, I did feel like um, I needed to go back and re-watch everything leading up yeah. to each start of new season because I was sort of like, did we did we just talk about that? Is that person someone that I should know about? But I feel like that's partly your fault, Kyle, because you're like, oh, in the manga. Oh, I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so cool. Well, I, I am up to date on the manga and I think we're like another 40 chapters away to catch up as far as the TV show goes. And I mean, that's the thing about the story. It's not just, you know, human fight monster. There is a great deal of mystery surrounding mm. how the world came to be in this terrifying yeah. state. Like, and, oh God, it just keeps drawing yeah. closer and closer to the secret of every single episode until you just can't take it. it draws See, you what, in. What, I, what I want to know is if they do plan to keep doing the series, then fantastic. But if not, um, where they're heading to now in the story, they could end the story there and you'd be fairly comfortable with it. Mm. Um, but... There is a lot which has happened after this story arc, which is explains everything, explains where the Titans come from, what Ooh. the origins of you know the the whole conflict with them is, why they're surrounded by walls, and all these different things. The man and, behind the curtain. Mm, yeah. And there are humans that are on the Titan side. I'm not. I don't think this is much of a spoiler. Is no. It? Yeah, there are humans who are on the side of these drunken. General public customers <laughs> who, would, who, are like, who could possibly defend these, these things. These things are normally like about the general public. Like that is, four, well, they can the start at like <laughs> four meters tall. Imagine that walking into your shoe shop. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Sorry, I don't have a size four hundred nine. I wish to speak yeah. with your manager. Yeah. Oh, um, one am cool manager. thing. So, um, Mikasa, mm-hmm. who's one of the main characters, she is. Very gifted at fighting. Um, she's she was named after a pre dreadnought battleship in the Japanese Imperial Navy. It's the <laughs> only extant ship from that period. It's now a museum. Wow! And Levi, Captain Levi, mm-hmm. very deadly, awesome, clean freak, Captain Levi, named was after a pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> inspired by Rorschach from Watchmen. No way! Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a fun on, fact. On the, <laughs> on the note, note of comic crossovers, um, the uh, Isayama did create a crossover special in 2014 with Marvel. Attack on Avengers. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Really? The yeah. Avengers fighting... T- oh, wow. Yep. Who what? came out on top? I don't know. I've not read it. It's only, it was a one-shot um, special that they did. I think it might have been like a free comic book day sort of thing, but I, it's it was pretty cool. Oh, God. If that had run as a series, I can just imagine one issue just being Deadpool after being eaten by a Titan... Hanging out in its gut, having conversations with the corpses or something like I, that. I can see him sitting there with a disembodied head going, yes, it's quite interesting in here, isn't it? Do you see the red? It's a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, 
popularity of this thing was so good that it gained a live action movie or two. Mm-hmm. To uh, but, but they were the Japanese live action ones. I think they tried to shoehorn in a romance arc. I think that was the main criticism. But there's no, ro- there's no there's, room. Well, there, for there's romance. there's romance, but it's sort of like okay, well, we like each other, but. The Titans. Yeah. There's things going on. This can wait. And they're they're not sort of precious about it. They're not like, oh, but if only. They're like, yeah, all right, we've established this. Titans need to go. (laughs) So, yeah, the uh, movies were met with uh, basically a 50% rating on Attack Tomatoes for both of the respective films. Attack Tomatoes, (laughs) which is where you go to rate Attack on Titan episodes. Attack on Metacritic. Um, (laughs) Now, this was... uh, this kind of sparked Warner Brothers to seek the rights for the movie. Uh, they wanted to do their own couple of movies in the West. Okay. Now, in 2017, uh, initially, um, representatives for Kodasha, the magazine which runs Attack on Titan, they said, and no, but <laughs> no. thanks to some digging, as of November of last year, this will be going ahead right after the Akira movie. What? Yeah. Okay. Oh. It is confirmed. And um, this will be directed by Andy Muschietti, the guy behind the two recent It movies, oh. and the horror film Mama. Oh, my God. Are they using the, the, cinema, the, the cinematographer they used for It? Because he is absolutely phenomenal. If they are, then we can only be guaranteed one thing. The Titans are going to look even more terrifying. I'm excited now. Now, um, Oh, please let him be part of it. Someone else we know will be producing this. One Masi Oka. You guys know that name? It does ring a bell. Hiro Nakamura of the TV show Heroes. Ah. Little Asian superhero who can uh, stop time and runs around the summer. I, I loved watching him as a kid. But um, I've yet to find more than whispers about this. He is also tasked with producing a Mega Man movie. Mm. Um, I've never seen Mega Man. Yeah. Uh, I've also got a couple of other rumours that the writers of Paranormal Activity are attached to that project. So, okay. We'll have oh to dear. see how that goes. I will. But, I mean, that, that's a brief overview of yes. them. I mean, I don't think we really had enough time today to talk fully in depth no. on it. But, I mean... It, Honestly, is... it will do all of the talking for itself. It, it will. See it. Yeah. yeah. You can catch it on a fair few of the streaming services, Funimation, Anime Lab, and so forth. So, have a check. What about the tastiest of streaming services, Crunchyroll? I'm not sure. I, I, oh. I can't remember who had the rights for it. It was either Funimation or um, Crunchyroll, but... I, I can't remember offhand who it was because it's by Wit Studios. They're not officially mm. associated with any one specific streaming service, so their stuff's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But um, we better get on to the end. Wi-Fi Radio. So you promised me Sarah Zanmai. <laughs> and I have not forgotten. I was hoping you would. Oh, no. All right. Sarah Senmai is a currently airing anime series which is to do with a group of boys who turn into cappers. Yeah, and Mappa, uh, who do Dororo, mm-hmm. are, are on board for this. There seems oh. to be a convenient uh, naming convention there between Mappa and yeah, Kappa. but you you guys kept putting me off because I'm you sorry, were like, oh, the I, bottom I, stuff. It's... The, I've heard that the guy who writes it is a very specific taste. Oh. It's, he's one of those people like um, Bakamonogatari where you might find the style of the storytelling not 
are completely okay with you. Well, I am keen to so give it a uh, go. To each their own kind of yeah. Deal. Yeah. The the folklore tale is just one of the most strange because cappers want your soul and your soul is contained in a little ball called called the um, Shirikodama and it is found in your anus. In mine? And these boys <laughs> in this... I want to see how they're going to handle this because <laughs> these boys break a statue of a kappa and then the guy... that Then the kappa comes and steals their Shirikodama. I'm not sure how they're going to illustrate that. But uh, I think I, I know exactly know. how they're going to illustrate that and it's <laughs> exactly <laughs> why I wasn't too keen to watch it. What is it rated? Um, I'm not I'll watch sure. It for you, okay? you, you've got to remember that Japanese ratings aren't the same yeah. as Western ratings because Japan do it on thing, y'all. I will give it a go. <laughs> and this I'll anime tell is you rated why for why. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode, we are going to be following in the trail and footsteps of giant monsters and talking about giant robots. Mm. So we'll be looking at mecha anime. We're looking at the origins of where it came from, what it means for us over here because we started seeing people building giant robots to fight each other. Yes. How much Spe- Gundam am I going to have to watch? Namely uh, Karatas. I mean, like 30, 30 series of Gundam potentially. No, I think it's like 26 at the moment. But, oh, um, <laughs> is it ongoing? Oh, the, well, each, each Gundam story is self-contained in its ah. own universe, but it has the same themes and robot style mm. and so on. Which we will get um, on to next week. But we yeah. will talk about Neon Genesis because we are saving that. We wanted to talk about it this week, but we thought, well, it's really more of a giant robot than a giant monster story. Yeah. And that kind of fits Ish. the team. Ish. Um, either way, we'll be back uh, next Sunday yep. week. Um, two weeks time from now for the next episode. So, Stay tuned, yeah. and in the meantime, watch some anime. And I'll fun. watch um, an anime for everyone. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you know what it's going to be. It's going to be about butt stuff. We'll see. Oh, dear. <laughs> Either Thanks way. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. See you later. Have a good week.